Hello there, welcome to Let's Talk, your one-stop pod for all things pop culture. Uh, we're going to be talking about Aquaman, uh, giving it a little review this week. I'm Stu, of course, and with me for the umpteenth time in a row is Rory. How are you, sir? I'm good, man. Yeah, I think, did you say a little review of Aquaman? That's quite an ambitious statement well, to start the pod. I like to make ambitious statements. I don't like to it's... see them through, I just like to make ambitious statements. I think I've listened to two podcasts around Aquaman. Um, well, that's both, two of more which, than me. both of which have, have failed quite disastrously to keep it to a minimum amount of time because when they start talking about the film, they go off on ridiculous tangents, which I think might happen. Um, but we'll do our best. Um, we're also going to cover quite a bit of news this week because we didn't decide to not maybe do a, a special on Spider-Man because it is pretty early trailer let's be honest um but it's a really exciting one um i saw i was in work really busy and then i think you sent me a message um trailers dropped off on me so i had to kind of sneak off and watch it um and it's kind of everything i hoped would be i think moving spider-man away from new york is quite a brave decision which we knew they were obviously going to do um but i love all the different european settings and the CG, considering it's now six months, looks just incredible. It does. It it looks really, really good. I mean, the, the big thing that I wanted to start off with this, I'm annoyed by how many people are saying that this is a spoiler-filled trailer. It isn't. It's been well known for a long time that there was going to be another Spider-Man film after the events of Infinity War, it had already been confirmed. So you must have known that Spider-Man, in inverted commas, died, but was going to come back. I mean, they've only just got the franchise back. They weren't going to do him. One solo film, two bit parts, and then go, yeah, that'll do, and just call it a day. So him coming back to life isn't a spoiler at all. It's not. No. It, it, it would have been a pretty weird trailer if it was for a Spider-Man film and at no point did you actually see Spider-Man. I, I just, it's, look, I think what people have to understand um, is this is a Sony film. So it's not Disney. It's a Sony Productions film. Yes, it's part of the MCU, so they have certain shared agreements, but it's produced, I think, by Sony, isn't it? So, or yeah. licensed or whatever it is. I think it, um, I think it's produced by them. It's one of them. It's a Sony film in association with Marvel. Yes. So Marvel gets some level of creative obviously, control. But exactly. Some, so, some the creative that... control. Some of the characters. Obviously, we've got Happy and we've got Nick Fury. And uh, as confirmed by herself, we've got um, Hill. Agent Hill. Yeah. Um, so... You know, we 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 knew that, but Sony have to market this film because that's the way the world works. On our last podcast, which nobody's listened to, but our last podcast when we talked about Spider Man, um, we did uh, discuss about you uh, about the, the trailers dropping and stuff for Endgame, which we liked, but we're slightly disappointed because we kind of want to go in completely fresh, and it would be lovely to do that. Um, but Spider Man comes out in July; it doesn't come out in December. Um, so they can't wait for end games to come out, let's be honest. And like you said, I mean, no one's stupid. Everybody knows that most of the characters that died in commas uh, will be coming back. I think the ones that all got dusted, we think, will all come back, um, obviously. Uh, Vision is still a little bit up in the air. Obviously, they've announced the 
Vision and Wonder TV show for Disney Plus, um, but that could be in a different timeline. Who knows what the hell they're going to do with that? Um, so you know, he could come back as well. And Gamora is still up in the air, in my opinion. Yeah. Um, the one I would with... say is confirmed is Loki because I think they have to do something like that. They can't just bring them all back. Um, well, especially with Guardians 3 being so up in the air when it's been indefinitely sort of suspended. I mean, they, yeah, they no, could that's crazy, to really, take a it? very brave decision and she could be one of the ones that sticks. But yeah, like, like you say, it, yeah, but it, I it, think it's she not realistic. A, she might have signed a contract as well. We we don't know, you know. It, the it's, ramifications, it's not like yeah. Marvel are going to be able to turn around to Sony and say, right, you can't promote this film, this what hundred and fifty million dollar potential exactly. summer blockbuster. You can't do shit about it. You just got to throw in a bit of Jay Gyllenhaal and Ned. It's not going to go down that well. Yeah, is it? Exactly. Let's be honest. And 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 even these days with trailers, trailers make waves. You know. 300 million people watched the first trailer oh, yeah. for Endgame and and that that's the first sort of it's the first stop for the hype train isn't it and you have to start it a few months early because you've got to get it out there get it on social media get it trending and keep people interested for the three four five months leading up to the film they can't just do it and then have like six weeks before the release of the film because people won't give us as much of a toss as as they would do otherwise and at the end of the day sony and marvel have got a business arrangement this will not be anything to do with it they 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 co-share the characters they co-share the production and the direction but at the end of the day Sony still owns the rights to Spider-Man. They can do whatever the hell they want, and it's not going to impact at all. Yeah, and you've got to say, like, you've got to say Homecoming, extremely successful film. Spider-Verse, extremely successful film. Venom did very well, no matter what you think about it. Do you know what I mean? So you've got to give them props. I think Sony, under this current, you know, uh, reincarnation of, of the Spider-Verse, as it would be known, is it's doing a good job. So, yeah, you've got but to give both, them... both sides will be very happy with what's going on. And at the end of the day, it's a teaser trailer. They've got to they've got to put some stuff out there to get you excited. And that's exactly and what they what did was done. great. Yeah, what they did was great. Um, we got enough um, with Mysterio. Uh, in, you know, what we what we liked about his character was, was kind of evident. The suit looks great. I think we saw a couple of kind of dodgy paparazzi shots of it but it looks really good yeah um, now they're fully it's quite tuned a practical up the, suit now yeah, that now they've know, tuned up the colors great. on the red black and of course the stealth suit which we know he gets from from yep. nick fury because it's got a, a shield logo on it it and it was kind of it was kind of playful trailer as you'd expect i said to me, to you it's just for me after endgame we're going to need a little bit of a we need some relief, don't we? And it, it I think an like... Ant- Ant-Man and the Wasp style film, which is a little bit lighter, a little bit less risk, less you know, intense. Left you know, Doom and it, Gloom, not yeah, you know, half I think, half a trillion people getting. Wiped it's a summer out movie, isn't it? Summer film. You know, I think it's going to be. I think it's going to do extremely well, and and I'm kind of excited to see where Spider-Man is now in terms of his abilities because the action does need to be dialed up a little bit the first film was great but it was quite mild so i think it'd be yeah. good if we get good i think we will get a lot more i think that was evident even from the stuff with tower bridge in london and the stuff in venice and, and, and we're gonna get like a lot of different locations a bit more of a mature yeah. spider-man because he's it, it 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 looks like it well we we know the film picks up 
like immediately after whatever happens at the end of Endgame, and it looks well, like he's it emotionally does, it, exhausted because he's saying to Aunt yeah. May, "I just, I just want to go away for a bit." So he's obviously so shattered by what's happened physically, mentally, emotionally. He wants a time, a he, nice he, relaxing feel. He just wants a holiday with his mates to, to just yeah. not be Spider Man. And bearing in mind, by this point, he might have been Spider Man for the last year, eighteen months, two years, and a lot's happened in that time. So. Yeah, he, he probably deserves a break. And I think he's I'd not, be tired being Spider-Man for a week, let alone... And, and he's not like time. a global superstar yet, so he's got to be careful because he knows that if he goes to Venice and all of a sudden Spider-Man pops up, people will go, this is a little bit weird that there's this group here from America yeah. and one of them just happens to have brought Spider-Man with him. This is a bit weird. And I think that may be what the stealth suit is, where Nick Fury wants to use him, but Peter's saying, well, hang on, it's going to look really suspect if I just happen to show up around this, like, 20, 30 group of kids. And there'll he goes, be, well, I can help you There'll be a lot going out. on, yeah. And it, it's good to see the two of them on, on screen together, because Fury, Fury knows everything that's going on with any superheroes and mutants. He knows what's going on, so he's probably been tracking Spider-Man since those videos appeared of him catching the um, the car and, and oh, yeah. whipping around the streets when he was wearing his homemade suit. And he's pre- he, he obviously will have known because of his involvement in Civil War that that won't have gone unnoticed that this, this new hero appears alongside Iron Man and Captain America and the rest of the Avengers. So it, yeah. it, it's good to see them on, on screen together. So we're at oh, it is. so we're getting three doses of Nick Fury this year, aren't we? Because we're getting Captain Marvel, Endgame, and Spider Man. We're getting yeah three different well yeah three different you know variations. So it's going to be quite interesting. Well, yeah, because we'll, um, we'll have we'll have young um, we have Fury, young Nick, then we'll have yeah. sort of coming back from the dead Fury, and then we'll have Vacation Fury. Where he might have like his, <laughs> his summer eye patch on or something. Yeah, I could see him wearing a Hawaiian shirt with a like a nice oh, yeah. gold eye patch. You know, but still, something... but still with like several guns and knives and stuff affixed to him. In yeah, in his no, I think the scene that. with him was really good in the trailer. Um, yeah, it was it was a good trailer. It was it was a really good teaser trailer. Um, everything I kind of expected and wanted to see. So I'm, I'm I, happy I with it. I didn't think we'd see that much of Mysterio. I thought they'd hold the Jill and Hall for a a second trailer. But no, they went, I think he's they a good ball item, isn't he? He's, he's quite a big casting for what is not a traditional, you know, he, he's going to be a villain eventually, I'm sure. But it, it, throughout the film, it'll develop that way. But it's it's interesting because I was always expected him to be a hero at some stage and, and maybe sign a longer deal with Marvel. Um, so in some ways I'm excited, in some ways I'm a little bit disappointed, but um, I think he'll be good. He's quite a big draw, so he's going to be popular i would imagine um and it, it's already probably created one of the biggest casting confusion. actually for he's probably the biggest casting bar he's probably the biggest actor cast as a villain i'd say um well it's certainly up there with the likes of michael keaton um michael keaton's probably but that's the kind of renaissance for him isn't it but gyllenhaal is in terms of yeah kind of in his prime he's I mean, yeah gyllenhaal so i'm just thinking hella was quite a big that's true quite That's a true. big they, yeah no they do actually in general man their castings have, have been huge in, in recent times i guess um and, and we know that we know role. that mysterio is a villain but it looks like the trailer's got a bit of misdirection going on because it, it depicts mysterio as a hero now it, it looks like they might be adapting a comic storyline where I, th- I don't know whether it was mysterio's first appearance or it was just an early one 
he had somebody dress up as Spider-Man committing crimes like robbing banks so that Mysterio could stop him and then appear to be a hero. Sounds like Daredevil. And it it looks very much like that's maybe what they're doing. And Spider-Man's going to sort of cotton on to it. Because one one thing from the comics that you always... uh, Sorry, from the cartoon from the 90s series, which we love, whenever there was a Mysterio episode, it's where Spider-Man's Spider-Sense would really help him out. Because if, say, there was a projection of a tidal wave, if his Spider-Sense didn't go off, he knew it wasn't real. And that maybe might, because we know his spider sense exists now yeah. in the MCU because we saw it in Infinity War. That could be how he sort of works out that Mysterio's pranking people, or he, he's certainly lying to people about what's going on. So it, it's going to be interesting. But the, the key thing they've done is they've gone completely accurate with the suit. They've got the goldfish bowl helmet, and they've given him a very sort of magical look. It looks like he's he's casting spells like Doctor Strange. But he's got no powers. Everything Mysterio does is technology. It's all illusions. And he's basically more like a magician, a stage magician, rather than an actual sorcerer. So it's going to be interesting to see how they do it. But as you mentioned before, the CG already, considering it's not out for another six months, looks so polished and clean already. Yeah, it looks very The first trailer of of, um, Captain Marvel, we said it looked good but it didn't look as as polished as we knew it would be going from the likes of Ragnarok and, and Guardians 2. You know when Marvel finished their CG, it's absolute top-of-the-pile level stuff, isn't it? And it already looks good when when you've got the giant people made of water and then you've got a sand guy and a lava guy. It, it, it looks fantastic. And it, it just it looks does. like it, it's going to be light-hearted. And they're traveling all over. The, the, there's two destinations in Germany. There's Prague, there's London, and there's a bit in New York. So it, it's going to be very interesting. And like exactly as you said before, we're going to need something just light-hearted because Endgame is just going to be so emotionally draining. Yes, it is. Yes, it is. Um, I hope it emotionally ends well on a high note, but and it will. But I, I do worry about some ramifications yeah. um, for our mental mental welfare. Um, there's a lot else that's been going on this week. Actually, it's been quite a big week for what would be pop culture. So we had a Game of Thrones uh, teaser. It's what not a full trailer. It's a teaser. teaser, and it's just um, thirty seconds, no words. You are. You are. You are like Game of Thrones is like crack right now to you, I would say, because yeah. you've been rewatching it, I'm, and it's just, just coming up to it's the better end. than you probably remember. Almost, it's I'm, such I'm coming a good to the series. end of season two. The last episode I watched was what's just happened. Well, our Arya's at Harrenhal with um, yes. with Tywin. Um, so it's sort of getting... Oh, it's getting weird. Yeah. <laughs> it's getting to the weirdest stuff now. Um, but season Series one, 3 and Season 4 are quite the weirder ones. The, the I, season, I think season, season 1 three, blew me away. I'd forgotten how good Season I 1 was. I love Season 1. And I've made an argument that Season 1 might not just be the strongest season of Game of Thrones. I think it might be one of the strongest seasons of any television show. I would think it is. I mean, um, you look you look what it sparked. It's such a weird show with dragons and magic and but stuff. But it's quite but... tame, the first series, by the incest. 
Um, but it's quite yeah. tame in, in comparison. They, they, you know, it's just an entry into the bring world. The weirdness in but when you get Ned's, when you get Ned's head on a spike, it kind of changes perspective somewhat. Yeah, it, 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 I, I wouldn't. It was argue tough to watch as well. It's tough to watch. Um, it's it's a great series, and I loved Mark Addy as uh, Robert Baratheon. I think he was great. He was. People kind of forget. He's, I mean, he's obviously a joeful kind of, you know, uh, I don't know, bastard of a guy, but I think he's brilliant in it for the brief amount of time he's in it. Um, there's some great people. And I like looking back at young Arya and all the direwolves and oh, so much good stuff in that first series. Well, I'm, I'm, I'm buzzing off the stuff at the minute. I said before on Twitter, it's the scenes with Arya and Tywin where... Yeah. That they're they're almost sparring. I mean, he yeah, knows it's, it's that brilliant. He knows that kind that of she's stuff. not some little tramp, and but she he doesn't knows know who she is. Knows, but he, he doesn't does. know who she is. And like no. she she lied to him, and then he calls her the lie. Well. And she's able all, to get out of it by tense. admitting that she is from the north. But he doesn't yeah. know that she's a Stark. But he's impressed by the fact that she's a Smith's daughter who can read. And he's very eloquent and she's very well spoken. I, I forgot, know. you know, the man with the no faces or many faces or whatever he's called. Uh, um, Jack and Hakar. Yeah. So I'd forgotten until I did the rewatch last year that he was so influential at that early point, basically. Yeah. It, and, and that's why she went back to him in the later. I didn't really get that. I, it, it's just because. Well, Game he, of Thrones he's is... the one that gives her the coin and tells her, doesn't he, that if she goes to yeah. a certain dock and she says Valar Morgula, she'll get taken over. And I didn't really grasp that because I'd not done read the books or, or done the audio books or anything at that time. Um, so it's it's tough. It's a big thing, Game of Thrones. It's so many characters, and you you tend to forget about certain moments until you rewatch it. Um, it's it's a great series, but I mean, this trailer just talking about it. It's it's a teaser. Um, there's a lot of theories being banded around. What we'll do for Game of Thrones. We'll get a full trailer. It's it's confirmed, even though the showrunner or someone doesn't want to release one, but. They're being forced they, they, to. They have to. <laughs> yeah. Um, so when we get a full trailer, we will do a good uh, discussion as a preview on it because it's going to be a huge series yeah. for this year. So um, six parters, they're all like 90 minutes or something like that. It's going yeah, to be the, like the, six each, huge feature. Each one is a feature length episode and they've already yeah. confirmed that the episode, either the first or the second episode is going to feature a huge battle in the north, I think the with second, they is, said, is, yeah, there there is a battle scene which takes up forty two minutes, so almost Whoa. an entire standard episode of TV. I think just that's on like one battle. Doorball, their longest. I think Battle of the Bastards. Battle was of about the Bastards was about eight, eighteen minutes or something yeah. like that in total, but that was split. And Hardhome was probably barely ten, actually, after what you think. Maybe, well, maybe it was up to fifteen when you, they split part of Hardhome, didn't they, with and, the battle sequences? Yeah, and you think what this is going to be? This is literally the army of the north versus anyone who's been able to get far enough north to stop them marching south as they've come through the wall there's going to be dragon versus ice dragon there's going i to think be that happens later shit. in the series actually i think that big battle and that big culmination will be the last episode maybe um, i think i think you'll have a battle between the gold army the you know the the, the people they bought yeah and, the... And the north yeah, I can't remember what they're. The, I think the Golden Company. Are they? The Golden, Golden Company, Company, that's the one. Yeah. yeah. So I would imagine they're involved at some point. Um, but we'll see. There's going to be loads of twists and turns, loads of backstabbing, and oh god, I can't wait. Well, we said didn't we? Be we'll do like a um, we'll do like a catch up episode of Game of Thrones because 
we're both so into it and we do it's, yeah talk a big, about big recap or something yeah there's a lot to talk about um also i mean punisher will come out uh probably by the time you've listened to this it will be released um so apparently just for the only thing i've heard that, uh, about excitement i think they've only released the first three episodes so people's kind of reviews will be going off that um but the first episode's got a bar scene which we saw in the trailer and apparently it's one of the most violent and brutal things that they've That's done what we want to hear yeah. so i would imagine lots more of that will be coming um Someone mentioned it looks a bit like Logan, and I was like, "Yeah, I can see that." Yeah, that, that's not a trapes. problem at all. <laughs> no, I, I'm all, all, all for that. Um, and then what else has come out? There's been loads this week. True Detective, it's been released. Have you watched both episodes now? Are you up to date? Yeah, I'm. I'm fully up to date with it. I'm. I'm fully trousers down involved for this show because it, it's. It's it just, just gone back to season right one. back to season one, and that kind of kind of southern drawl uh Weird-ish, kind of gothic yeah. edge to it really weird creepy stuff going on uh Mahershali ali is just a phenomenal actor i i think he's incredible and and he looks so effective in each of the stages you know the makeup and design on the older version of him is just phenomenal yeah it's just mind-blowing and he's just got such a great voice so much gravitas um he's perfect steven dorf next to him really good experience actor i think that's a good move i tell you um, what i i had to do a, about three takes i wasn't sure it was steven dorf because he looks yeah, awful he looks like well, he's he... been doing crack for like 10 years i think he was but i think that that's the whole point isn't it? he's supposed to be like the the older the haggard guy and yeah they've done a hell either well, they've done a hell of a makeup dorf job was, or he's had a hard um, life in Blade, wasn't he? Was that yeah. what he was in? Oh, God. And he, he looks so baby-faced in that. I mean, I know it's 20 years back, but, I mean, Jesus, you're right. It's it's, it's some some transformation. Um, but, again, like I said, really good actor, really experienced. Um, loads of people in it are just it, – it's going to be great. It's it, it's the first episode, and it looks amazing. I, I, I know – I remember the first season just looking, you know – perfect and some of those panoramic shots and some of the stuff i'm like this is better than cinematography in like big budget films you know yeah. it really is and i think a lot of the things we're getting on tv now are just of such a caliber that you just it's 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 not overtaken films but it's trying to <laughs> let's put it yeah. that way um the only issue i have is there's so much stuff out now that i think you're like me where one or two episodes you don't like it and you can't or you don't give it enough chance there's something else to watch you kind of move on i'd imagine you did that with maniac <laughs> you uh, probably watched one or two I, I, I know I, I watched the whole thing but i oh, really you? struggled i didn't in- I watch that show through dogged determination rather yeah. than enjoyment there's the odd episode in there i thought you would have really liked so i think really i think weird. i'd probably say i enjoyed maybe three episodes the rest okay, of it it was a enough. real slog it's it's a weird thing don't you know what my main I problem really with it was it, but... I'm not a big fan of Jonah Hill. I really it's, don't I think like it goes him. both ways with him. I think some people love him, some people don't. I it's, dislike it's fair enough. him as much as I like Emma Stone, and she was brilliant. Yeah. He was She's terrible. brilliant in it. He is so weird in it because he plays that downplayed role until he plays that weird Scandi guy called Snorri, which is like yeah. my alter ego, and that really weird accent. And it did get a bit strange. Um, I kind of liked it when he played that... Um, 
criminal from like Mexico <laughs> with the dreads yeah, with and the, stuff. The cornrows <laughs> and that. So look. weird, man. That was um, a bit awkward. It was like, ooh, I'm not sure if this is okay, but yeah, lots of parts of that series that weren't were just weird. But I mean, you know, Stone Stone is great in that. She, she and it was uh, Carrie Fukunawa who directed True Detective Season One, and is doing a new Bond film actually um, after all the fallout of what happened before. So. He he's an interesting director. I mean, Maniac is a weird series, but I, I thought it was great. But um, yeah, no, I'm glad you did watch it to the end. One thing you need to watch because there's another trailer release for season three with lots of dogs in it. Um, is John Wick no Chapter Three? I, I, um, I still haven't even watched Number Two, two. yet. Oh, you should. I know no I dogs dying it. No very, dogs dying it. So busy. it's good. Um, yeah, John Wick 1 is a great film. I didn't quite fully get on board with it because I felt like it was being, like, born light or Taken 6 or whatever. Do you know what I mean? It felt yeah. like Taken with Keanu. Um, but actually, it's a really well cinema, you know, well, well put together, really good action sequences, um, no holds barred, really good cast supporting Keanu. It's it's a really good film. Um, and two just steps it up a notch. And I think three is going to just, I don't know, it's got him riding a horse through God knows where with a gun in his hand and got him chucking a revolver at someone's head. And it's just Because mental. why not? He's mad in it. The, the, it's just crazy. And all the supporting cast, you've got like Fishburne and you've got, I think J-Lo's in this one as a, as a partner in crime. And it just looks amazing. Um, it's bizarre, but it's, it's going to be great, great cinema. Just pure fun. I say, you know, pure fun action films and they don't get made like that anymore, really. Not to that degree. Um, so yeah, so that came out today as well. So there's been loads of shit going on, um, which is good. Which is good because it's it's going to be a big year, which we mentioned last week, didn't we? There's just yeah. so much coming out this year. It feels like the biggest year ever for like mainstream media stuff. I've never known. Yeah, so much. Um, so, I mean, speaking of giant productions, I don't even know how we're going to tackle this. I'm quite nervous, but... We must talk about Aquaman because that is the reason we are. I was going to say we probably tonight. should consider this is supposed to be an episode review in Aquaman. Yeah, and we're going to try and be brief <laughs> with it, which will be very difficult. Yeah. Um, I already say, regret saying it. Let's say coming into this film, were you nervous? Were you excited? Um, I, I was excited. You know me. Where where comic book films are concerned, I'm generally excited. The the excited child. But the only thing that concerned me, and it's been sort of true, I knew that so many people downplaying the film would dampen a lot of expectations, whereas people go into some films expecting good or great films. People go into this expecting that it's going to be shit. And I kind of don't like that, because I think if you go into something expecting it to be shit, it'll be shit, because you've already made your mind up before you go in. But yeah, I, I I expected it to be batshit crazy, and I was want. right. I was correct in my assumption because it it literally is. I think when I'm trying to describe this film, I've always said it's it's like every blockbuster you've ever seen on one in one film, you know, because you've got elements of Star Wars in there. Obviously, it's underwater battles, which feel very much like a space battle sequence, you know? Um, you've got Indiana Jones when they go through the desert. You've got, I don't know, it feels like it's taken from so many different sequences, you know? Um, it feels like a bit of Jurassic Park in there, in the modern Jurassic Park takes, you know? And 
all these characters, all these creatures, all this story, everything thrown at it. And it, it's a lot. I, and that's what I said coming out of it. It's like, Jesus, that was two and a half hours. And it's a lot to take in because I think what James Wan has done, and it's this massive twist, his testament that he's even finished this film, if you ask me. Yeah. Because it's just so huge. Um, is that he's taken the concept and he's gone, right, I might get one shot of this. And James Wan is a successful director. He's known for his horror genre. I was going to say, did a, he's really crossing genres again, isn't he? He did a Fast and Furious film now. Yeah. I know I know your hatred of such things. Not, but not hatred, it's just a complete no. and total wooden piss on the mythy rom fire. I don't hate Yeah. Them. No, but it, to me... Doing that kind of film, which is a very high production, high action, yeah, you know, big sequences, those kind of things, with a big budget as well, as well. You know, he did Fast and Furious Seven, which was again was a massive film. It's probably the most critically rated. To be fair to it, it's it's one of the better ones. Um, I haven't seen all of them, but I know that was one of the better ones. But that budget, you know, one hundred ninety million dollars. So it's not like he's not done a film of, of scale before, which is important coming in something like this. Yeah. That made $1.5 billion worldwide. Just point out there. Um, so, so, so these two films now have made $2.5 Exactly. Two so I think films. when he when he done that, and obviously he did, he was involved in Saw, The Conjuring is his kind of thing, Insidious. Um He's the modern guy in terms of directors for for um, horror movies, and and I know you're not big on horror movies. I like all the crossover genre stuff, like Get Out and um, Quiet Place and stuff. Not not the real um, scared jump stuff, you know, all that kind of shit. I, it doesn't really do much for me, um, but it makes money at the cinema. Do you know what I mean? The horror films have, have always made money. Um, people will go on dates to horror movies and stuff, won't they? Because there aren't comedies mainstream at the cinema anymore. So I think the only thing people go on these dates to is things like shit horror films. And, and he's done well out of it. He's, he's, he's forged kind of career. And you could see elements of that in this film. It's, it's horror background with the people in the trench. And you could see elements of the Fast and Furious stuff with some of the big action sequences. But this film, it feels like he had one shot to, to put as much in as he could. because Which he potentially of, did. Yeah, because well, this, this is another one the of those. Of that... a, a, a bad run for DC, aren't we? Because Suicide Squad made money but was unpopular. Um, Justice League kind of bombed, let's be honest. Justice in, League in terms was the same. That, that's it. At the minute, that is DC's MO. The films make less money than they should have done, but just enough to sort of not be considered an absolute failure. But, but they still for get the critically the... panned. Yeah, and, and they don't always take in the marketing budget, which we've always said is huge with DC. I mean, Justice League, they threw crazy money. It was like $200 million, like wasn't it, just on Canal? Oh, it was, was something like $100 million on the, on the marketing and then $200 million on production. So even if they're making $600 million, they're probably not breaking even because they don't you know, they don't make all of that. Do you know what I mean? It's, yeah. it's, not, all, it's, it's not all straight in their pockets. It's very complicated. So I think that you know, was probably a nervous moment. They offered him the flash. Um, he, he decided to take Aquaman. So obviously giving him the choice, I think he made the right choice and he might've thought, look, the way it's going, I've got one shot of this. So I'll throw as much at it as I can. And that's what I say. Hats off to him because he's thrown in everything at this film. He's got two villains. 
um, the main villain, the kind oh. of sub-villain. He's got an octopus playing the drums. And, and he didn't, got, the key thing as well, he didn't fuck about with the villains, as you've said, because he's got, potentially yeah. this could have been, I get one Aquaman film, I may not get a, a second or a trilogy or a whatever. I'm just going to go yeah. straight in with Ocean Master, which other, other people might not have had the balls to do. They might have gone for a lower level villain. It's like... You know, that's his Lex Luthor, that's his Joker, that's his Kingpin. So he's gone yeah. right to the top of the tree, which is brave. It's because we we've seen it with the likes of um, of Daredevil. It, how many? It took three seasons. I know it's TV, but they didn't just yeah. go in and go right. We're going to do Kingpin straight away. They started off with Wilson Fisk and gradually built up to it, and. It was a gamble, and it's obviously a gamble that's paid off. And I'm, I think it's fair to say that, like Ryan Coogler with Black Panther, who did a very, very, very similar thing with going straight for Killmonger, when it comes to James Wan uh, talking about what he wants to do in Aquaman 2, he's going to have a lot more gravitas, isn't he, when it comes to negotiating. He's earned a shitload of respect with... Yeah, well, he, he, well, he certainly anyway. has. I, I think he had a lot coming into it. He, he's already made a film that made $1.5 billion. It's not like he's, you know, and he's made money from films that were made for $10 million. Do you know what I mean? He, he's a successful guy and he's a, he, and he's worked with CG quite successfully in the past. So I think they were quite confident in that. The big thing for me is this film was still a gamble. You know, when we talk about the Marvel films that do quite well, so your Ant-Mans and your Ragnaroks and stuff, they make, what, seven, eight hundred kind of million yeah um, and they were maybe a little bit before the china market kind of kicked in so there might be a factor there um but i see this as one of their kind of films so this isn't an avengers film or, or a justice league equivalent do you know what i mean this is this is one of the side projects this it's is one a of like the films isn't it yeah exactly so uh, i mean it's right up the kind of asian markets alley it made about 200 million in the states um and then, then quite a lot in Europe, and then and then a shit ton of money in Asian markets. This this film, it's it's right in their kind of wheelhouse, and Venom proved that as well. And I think there's nothing wrong with making, you know, films that appeal to that market as well, because it's what makes you money and it's successful. And you, like you said, critically, even if the film was perfect, I think there'd still be detractors because it is such a a crazy film. Do you know what I mean? It's it's never going to be your traditional award winner is it it's yeah. it's you know superhero films in general aren't ever given much accolades for those kind of things but it's never going to give an you know universal uh, you know praise but um it's it was a risky project for me because uh, you know i said about momoa i like him a lot but as a leading man he's not the rock is he he's not someone they could have gone yeah this guy is going to bank us money because People go and see these rock movies like Rampage or Jumanji, which is actually quite decent in fairness to it, um, mainly because of Karen Gillan, but it's a decent film. Um, and some of the other ones he makes, which are just your kind of equivalent non-superhero, you know, those kind of major popcorn action films, those kind of things. And he gets money out of them because it's The Rock and he's a big bankable star. Yeah. Um, well, and he, this, this... he was the top earning guy in Hollywood last year, I think. Yeah, or maybe yeah, yeah. it was 2017. Something yeah. ungodly like 
he made about million or something yeah million some, dollars, like which is crazy money ridiculous. these you know, it was crazy money um especially for a guy who's not an actor you know he's not a career yeah. actor he's just a footballer turned wrestler turned actor yeah. in his great mid, late 30s. Guy, you know oh great great as a guy, guy. i um, love him i think he's yeah. a fantastic guy but as an actor he's about as wooden as it gets but just, it works. Yeah, he, he works. He knows he knows his limitations. I think he's got a bit more in him than sometimes he shows. Um, well, but... he showed in what? What's his face? The the uh, Central Intelligence Agency or Central Intelligence? The one he did with um, Kevin Hart. He was really good in that. He's actually got really oh, they... good comedy timing. Have you ever you ever seen Jumanji? But I've not seen Jumanji too, but okay. I am going to watch it because I do really do, like The Rock. You'd like Jumanji because The Rock's in it, um, Kevin Hart's in it, and they Jack play Black, off each other. Um, Karen Gillan is extremely hot in it, and Jack Black's brilliant. Jack Black's essentially playing a 17-year-old high school girl. I know, I've, because... I've seen the... Um... <laughs> I've seen all he the, does the build it. up to it. He nails it. He absolutely nails it. To be fair, um, it's very funny and it's enjoyable. So that aside, the, you know, the Rock is a very typical freestyle film. Um, does well at the box office. Really bankable asset kind of guy. But it didn't have anyone like that in this film. Do you know? It doesn't have your mainstream star that would naturally bring in an audience. Obviously, he's done good stuff Carl Drogo everyone remembers but you, that's eight years ago do you know what I mean that's a I long know. time ago and he barely spoke then do you know what I mean he well, wasn't he... a leading man he spoke in a different language I know but yeah. he barely he barely it was more about his look and his presence and then he's done a couple of Netflix shows that are still ongoing he was he's it, done it, bits and pieces is it the, stuff. something the Shannara Chronicles or Shania Chronicles I'm not sure about like... that one there's something that looks a bit like Vikings on Netflix that I've not seen um, I think he's still in actually, but yeah, so he's, he's, he's not still done in. a lot of stuff um, that you kind of associate with mainstream. So obviously, you know, big personality, big frontier. Charisma. He's in frontier. frontier. That, that's, yeah, that's his thing I'm that he's doing of. on Netflix yeah. at the minute. Yeah. So, but he's not someone you could say right. This is guaranteed to bring in audiences. So it's, it's there's a risk there. He's not. He's a- not an A-list. Aquaman as a comic actor, let's be honest, is is one of the lesser liked or lesser appreciated or almost a joke. Because if you watch a lot of the things that take the piss out of stuff, you know, the kind of traditional Aquaman character, everyone just laughs at a little bit. It was the same with Ant-Man. We've said it before, didn't we? Marvel had banked on someone who's just an unknown you know, you imagine DC making an Atom movie. I doubt it would go down exceptionally well do you know what i mean so aquaman is a lower list until a reboot i know they rebooted him he looks like this again didn't he but until that point he was just a kind of unknown or lesser known dc character that didn't have a lot of love so you know it's a it was a risk to expect this would do really well after what's gone on before with dc yeah but it's a massive success and that's why i'm so in praise of them um I mean, let's get into the grits of it, really, because it's. I, I'm not sure how much of the film we can cover because it is so huge. Well, tell you um, what, one of the major the things that they've changed yeah. is a lot of people were critical that in in Justice League, they they hadn't quite worked out how they wanted to animate underwater. So the bit where yes. he's talking with Mira, they had to go in this bubble, and a load of people quite rightly said. Well, if every time anyone in Atlantis wants to speak, they have to go in a bubble. That's kind of, you know, counterproductive. Yeah, why why would you bit. need to do that? And 
they that that was the number one thing that I got from the trailers when when they started dropping the proper trailers they'd cracked how to make people speak and move and especially fight underwater without it looking stupid and like the the characters looking really rubbery and like people aren't moving in a natural way and it worked really really well because you think when he's when he's fighting underwater or he's he's swimming really fast we've seen it in other films like i think it might have been the first toby Maguire spider-man film where he's jumping across rooftops and his body's bending in, in ways that it just isn't supposed to bend even for a superhero and they they nailed the cg with it the the casting was very good because we were saying jason momoa isn't exactly an a-lister but amber heard probably would be considered an a-lister no i don't think she's at that level man she's never done a film big enough to warrant i think that i don't think she's done anything that big magic mike no, man, look through her backstory. I think she's known well, but she's not really done a lot. I didn't... Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah, she was in the second Machete film. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, I um, love Machete films because they're so stupid. Yeah, I, I don't think she's actually done a lot that would be defined as... You know, I, get, I mean, she, I, I like her. She must wrong. just be one of those people who's known... Yeah, I Without think she's being known. I mean, Willem Dafoe, yes. Nicole Kidman was a bit of a surprise, actually. Willem Dafoe um, had a really strange bit of casting, because I always see him more as a villain <laughs> rather than as a... Um... Well, he's done a bit of villainry. He's he's also... He's almost he's, he's a weird character, man. I love he's him. He's a weird guy. Um, he's always really in Wes Anderson <laughs> movies, and he's really weird in each one of them. Yeah. Um, but I do love him. Um, Patrick Wilson is, is James Wan's go-to guy. He's worked with him quite a lot in the past. Um, I will put it out there right now. He is a bit of a weak link for me. He's not a weak actor. He's a good actor. But the character was wooden as hell for me. And he kind of stuck out a little bit in this film. What, Along um, with Dolph Lundgren. Ocean Master. Yeah, King Orm. Mm, I, I, like, I like the character. I wasn't so sure of, I wasn't so sure of the casting. I thought it yeah. needed to be somebody who was a bit more nasty it would have made more sense to me if you had patrick wilson as volko and willem dafoe as orm because you needed somebody who's who's got that yeah psychopathic slightly unhinged like nervous twitchy thing going on that willem dafoe has because orm is an absolute dick you know he's not meant to be like really polite and stuff he's he's a bit he's really single-minded in his belief that arthur is not the rightful uh, um, heir to the throne because he's a half breed. He's he's this freakish mutant. He is the is the real heir because he's a pure blood. You know, he's a real Atlantean. Yeah. He's lived there his whole life. I don't think they're quite. I think some of the story was let down a little bit by it being so rushed in part. Even though it's such a long movie, do you know what I mean? It. I felt like it, at one point it was going to be this big action sequence underwater, which they did do. And then the next minute it was like an Indiana Jones film, Romance in the Stone, that kind of thing. And it sometimes, I don't know, I, I didn't know, like I said, it, I think it tried to do a lot of things, this film, rather than just focusing on on less is more. But um, I think he got maybe a bit caught up in that because it, he didn't really have a lot to do in the grand scheme of things. Um 
I think the big surprise bit of casting. Do you know who played the the giant sea monster? I do. Julie Andrews. <laughs> it was Julie Andrews. They they announced that I Julie mean... Andrews was in it in an unspecified role, and as soon as I heard the voice, <laughs> I knew it was her because she was the only one that I hadn't seen. I, I mean, what, her, was good her well. and Nicole Kidman really shocked me that both appeared in this movie. Nicole Kidman was great in this film. I yeah. know she was quite brief in it, and it felt a little bit like Michelle Michelle Pfeiffer's role in Ant-Man and the Wasp, um, where she was in it briefly at the beginning and then briefly at the end. Do you know what I mean? But, yeah. um, but actually, I thought she was really good. I liked her fight scene very much um, when we got our first sense of, of these you know, uh, of, of the Atlanteans in their space, their, their kind of water suits and whatnot, and she smashes them around with a trident. And yeah, that was cool, man. I, I think the whole opening to this actually worked quite well. There's a couple of moments. The submarine, obviously. Um, yeah, thing. the submarine fight was really, the submarine really good. submarine fight was great. Um, there's a couple of cliches in there which really did make me laugh. Um, you know, it's not a massive opportune moment for him to. Uh, the father to give the son the knife that he'd handed down from the granddad when they're yeah. doing like mid mid robbery of this submarine and stuff, which is just like come on guys um there's stuff like that which is kind of little classic tropes to i don't know there's a few bits like that that just kind of didn't surprise me um that were a little bit cliche but uh, and him leaving his dad to die, and then he's his arch nemesis. Do you know what I mean? You, you kind of saw it coming a little bit of a mile off. Well, that, that's um, one of those they 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 couldn't escape from that because that is how. Yeah. That, that oh is, no, I know. It, not not that exact way of you know he, he's buried underneath a missile casing, yeah. but Aquaman inadvertently causes Black Manta's dad to die, and that's why Fair you've enough. got this blood this bloodlust and hatred for him but yeah it was a bit tropey like you say but name me an action film that doesn't have some of these oh tropes. no I mean, don't get me wrong yeah i know it's it's one of those I, just have to i'm accept, not surprised by yeah you do it's just it just felt a little bit like all oh, right yeah that's good it was a little bit predictable at that beginning stage but then the film kind of completely went crazy so you didn't really find any of the parts after that predictable so i was good with that um I liked the, like we said, the action sequence at the beginning, and then that kind of really cool bar scene where you're like, oh, shit, we just had one submarine fight. <laughs> yeah. Now he's going to have a fight scene with all these people in the bar again. Haven't we had that in Justice League? Do you know what I mean? I was like, oh, we had that kind of um, him in a vest in a bar in jeans. Do you know what I mean? And all that it kind of typical Bruce Willis stuff. moment. Yeah, but actually, no, they all want selfies with him, and, and then he gets drunk with him, and I thought that was really quite cool. I did thought you, that was did you really notice who moment. his dad was as well? No, who was his dad? His dad was Django Fett. Oh, really? Okay. And of yeah, course, Django I, I Fett. So dad. technically, his grand. dad was also Boba Fett. Yeah. Is his dad a Kiwi? I can't. He is. He's. Yeah. He's. Uh, Jason Momoa said that he's actually one of his heroes growing up because he's a very, very prominent um, New Zealand actor, and he, yeah. he, he he said he got a huge buzz out of being on screen with him and getting so much he's like, he's in frontier interestingly oh, is he and as well? he's in he's in moana uh really? as, as a chief uh it's the dad of, of, of moana which is cool he's got a good voice um he's in the green lantern movie yes he is I remember um yeah he's been in a lot of stuff i mean he's in a lot of stuff star wars related which kind of makes sense you know um 
but yeah, I've got a kind of love for uh, things in New Zealand, so I, I, I might have to check out some of the Kiwi films that he's made back in the day because they make some really cool, kind of interesting films. Um, I thought he was good. I thought his relationship with Nicole Kidman was lovely, actually, and I thought their kind of ending was great. Um, that he went to the pier every day, you know, every morning at the same time. And It was a yeah, proper was punch good. in the fields, that one, wasn't it? To see yeah, him still going there for like 20-something years. Yeah, I thought they did that really well. And I thought I thought then the introduction of Mira and then the flashbacks with his fight scenes when he was a younger, you know, younger Arthur. Um, I thought those scenes were good, actually. Um, I think that structure of the film was quite quite normal up until that point. I kind of got where they were going. Um, and then when they went underwater... Um, it all kind of changed a little bit. Um, they did eventually explain about the bubble thing, didn't they? I think Amber might have dropped a line in about high high uh, royalty can can breathe on land, but lower ones can't, or something. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? So they did do a few bits where you're like, shit, are they going to explain this? And I felt like they did over-explain kind of everything in this movie at one point or another. Um, but when you got underwater, I think. You know, I think the initial CG takes a bit of adjustment. I think like Spider-Verse, it's getting your eyes adjusted to anything in water. Um, you know, Spider-Verse is obviously different to that it's animation, but, you know, anything that looks different on screen takes a bit of time to get used to when at first yeah. it's like, yeah, it looks a bit sketchy, but actually... Once at you times it almost it, looked animated, didn't it, when it was underwater? Yeah. There was that really, really good bit the first time he goes swimming with Volko. And yeah. you see his eyes change, and he says, "You know, you'll you'll get used to it, you'll adapt." And then all of a sudden, every it's like someone just dialed the brightness and the colours up to eleven, and yeah. every, and it started looking a little bit animated. But I guess that's what it's supposed to be like, because the whole point is, this is a world under the under the sea that nobody else will ever see, yeah. other than than you, because you've got this this body that's been attuned to that. And yeah, the, you mentioned before about the the stuff in the desert. That's that's probably the the most universally disliked bit is it just in the middle of it all <laughs> Mate, full cg in, as well it, like, it was, I, I, it's uncharted for me because there's a bit in uncharted isn't the way you just end up in the middle of the desert and you're just wandering aimlessly you don't know where you're going and you just yeah. have to hope that you you stumble upon something oh god i remember that yeah no i remember that i, I can't um, remember which game it was i think it might have been three and it was yeah, just like I think what it was the free. fuck am i doing and that was a little bit like that but i sort of from well, I think it was like Indiana Jones or, or Romance in the Stone. Or, do you know, it it felt like that stone. classic <laughs> 90s kind of film. Do you know what I mean? Also, like it, with Dennis Quaid to just uh, come strolling past on a camel or something. Yeah, Dennis Quaid, like Flight of the oh, Flight of the Phoenix. Is that that film you've seen that where they get stuck in the, the, like, the Mongolian Romance desert? In the <laughs> Romance in the Stone's Michael Douglas. Michael Douglas and... Uh, yeah. Oh, is it Kathleen Turner? It might be Kathleen I think Turner. Kathleen Turner. Oh, that film's but, so. But funny. those kind of those kind of the sequences, it felt like it was going back to. It is Kathleen Turner. Good knowledge. Um, Never underestimate my ability style, to remember shit. Yeah, that style of film. Do you know what I mean? It's like, oh shit, they're just in a desert now. Wait, when did they get on that plane? Why? <laughs> did, where, how did they get that plane? And oh shit, there's a goat on that plane with them, and they've just jumped out into the desert. <laughs> it's just a little bit like a, a lot of people what the sort hell of said just it, happened. It, it seemed like it was it was a forced comedy moment. There was a he... few forced comedy moments at that point. Yeah, the 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 moment for me, and I think the reason. Do you know what? I think they were in on the joke. 
And I think because they were in on the joke, Momoa was certainly, and I think James Wan was certainly, I hope Amber Heard was, because I think they were in on the joke, it's fine because they're self-aware of this crazy thing they're doing and they're kind of poking fun at it a little bit and they're having some good times with that. And I think that works. If they weren't in on the joke at times, you're like, did you think this was serious? Do you know what I mean? Yeah. It's a bit like, I always talk back about Starship Troopers. Um, oh, medic! Someone's got I his love head that fucking movie. blown I'd off. I'd love to do a rewatch or something <laughs> like that. Too. I'd love to do, review that film because it's fucking brilliant. I haven't rewatched it for years. Um, the CG really holds up in that film as well, you know. It's yeah. amazing that it's that old because I think they put all the money in that film into the CG. They put all the money in that film into the CG and paid the actors about $10 each yeah. because it's some of the worst acting you'll ever see in your life. But I don't think the actors had a clue that this is kind of satirical. Do you know what I mean? Because that film is all about, you know, it's it's just a full, it's 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 almost a big joke in itself. Do you know what I mean? It knows what it is. Um, director certainly knew what he was making. Whereas I don't think the cast had a clue. I oh think they God, all I'm thought they were making the a cast, serious like... movie. Seth, oh, yeah. G- Seth Gilliam was in it, the one who plays Gabriel in The Walking Dead. Yeah. Neil Patrick Harris, Clancy yeah, Brown. Yeah, Patrick Harris played the smart one in the whole thing. Yeah. Um, the major, the worst actor was um, the girl that dropped off the radar completely. I can't Dinah remember Dinah No, the other one. Denise Richards. Yeah. Terrible. Yeah, she, and but, the main guy. Well, she wasn't, she wasn't cast because she was a talented actress. She was never no. held in anything for being talented. She got Bond part, man. She was in a Bond film. Yeah, exactly. You don't have one. to be talented to be a Bond girl. No, you just no, have to be attractive isn't. to be the Bond girl. That's why a lot of actresses don't want to be the Bond girl. They no, just exactly. want to be in a Bond film. They want to be shooting people. Well, I think I, they improved a lot on the, the Bond thing when they've done the like Casino Royale with um, the British actress, uh, Eva Green, and yeah. she's much more of an actress. You know, She's really good in that. I'm going to have to um, re-watch Starship Troopers soon. You know, I yeah, mate. I'd, said we'll so have to, I'd love to review really. it. It's so shit. It's so good at the same time, though, mate. It so knows what it's doing. It's yeah. taking the piss out of itself all the way. Um, but I, I, think, I, think, I do I, think there's an element of that with Aquaman. I think James Wan sort of... I mean, when, you know when she plays like the ocarina on the boat. Yeah. <laughs> just do you know what, man? I knew. I felt like they know this is weird, right? I, when, I felt when you're like doing a film point, about people who live under the sea and Atlantis <laughs> and stuff like that, and a guy that can control wildlife. Uh, she's playing a recorder wildlife. on the back of a boat. I just you've got to lean into the stupidity a you little bit. You have to bit, lean into yeah. all of it, and I felt like James Wan completely did. And I know Momoa did because he knew what he was signing up for. And Jason Momoa is actually a lot more funny than people will give him credit for. He's, he's got brilliant. really good comedy chops. and he's... I think they did a really good job with him. And I think he did a really good job in this because I, my, my main concern was I thought he was going to go around the whole film just saying my man and trying to look cool. Like they, they like bit of, bit of a Snyder. surfer dude thing. Yeah, I think that Zack Snyder just lent way into that. Do you know what I mean? Well, I was, was reading doing. about this before. Um, apparently Zack Snyder helped shape James Wan's vision of Aquaman because he he really didn't like what Joss Whedon did with in Justice League, and it was Joss Whedon. This doesn't who feel made, like a Zack Snyder film in the slightest. Well, what they were saying is that basically, when Joss Whedon came in, he rounded out and he he, he really sort of made Aquaman into the surfer dude and the the proper cheesy, like you'd think he was a Californian guy named Brad or Seth or something. And 
Zack Snyder's vision of him was always a bit darker and a bit more brooding. And he, I read an interview literally just before we started recording and him and James Wan spoke about it and he was saying, well, this is how I wanted him to look. And he sort of helped shape the character a bit. So anyone who doesn't like the way Aquaman is in Justice League, as with a lot of problems in that film, don't blame Zack Snyder. Blame the fact that Joss Whedon came in and tried to Fair turn enough. him into a 90s sitcom character. But they, 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 they did a good job because Aquaman's always going to be mocked a little bit because of his power set. But we did a, me and um, Joey Connors a couple of years ago on our old pod, we, we did a, a comic review of Aquaman. And people mm. don't realize Aquaman can beat up Superman. He can go toe-to-toe with Wonder Woman. He is incredibly strong. He's oh, yeah. super durable when he's on land because his body is is meant to withstand the pressure of being hundreds and thousands well, of miles like below. Well, isn't he like a demigod-type figure? He's I mean, ba- not quite, but... Basically, he, he, he's as durable on land as Superman and Wonder Woman. So that's an alien and a god. He he is every bit like the mythology of it all. It's a little bit like he's Hercules, you know. What I mean? Basically, yeah. Of, they they yeah. they sort of lean it, it, it. You sort of get that feeling a little bit of like the the way that they explain Asgardians in the Thor films, where they're not gods, yeah. but because of how powerful and durable they are, they appear to humans to be like a god because they live for like six thousand years. So people go, well, if you live more than a hundred years, you must be a god. And I think it's like that with Atlanteans because you could see him get shot full on with a shell from a tank and he'd just brush it. It'd knock him backwards, but he'd brush it off. You know, it wouldn't go through him and tear his guts out. So people would probably look at that and go, shit, he's a god. And, you know, you think about Atlantis and... Yeah, I basically think they, they. I think they must have taken some inspiration from Thor and just gone, right, that, but wetter. Because <laughs> yeah. we were all pretty wet when we came out the cinema after seeing that, because it's a very damp film. It's, do you know what, and their wigs... Uh, Amber's particularly looked a lot better when it was damp. Actually, no, that was CG generated. I read, and a lot of the a lot of the work they did in the action sequence was wire work. Yeah. So you got wire work, you got water, you have got all this stuff. Notoriously difficult. So and that's that, why that I said there's a lot of props the that go around, to this. Because the, in in Justice League, a lot of the the water stuff. Well, the water stuff was shit, and man, people hated honest. it because, like I was saying about Spider-Man, the bodies weren't moving in a normal way. So they've said, "Well, the only way we can get the bodies to look normal is we'll do wire work, and then we just put the background in around them." Yeah, and it it obviously worked. You know, you've gone from one end of the scale to the other, where it's gone from laughably poor to very, very incredibly but good. So, some of the CG moments were 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 fantastic. I, I think towards the end of the film so much happened that it was hard to keep up with. Um, you know, I think that, we said a little bit like, at the end you know, like was... the Michael Bay stuff where it's a little bit like, whoa, what the hell is going on where here? Do you know what I mean? Everything explodes. Yeah. In, in a Michael and Bay it, film, at one point you got, explode. yeah, you've got the giant, you've got the giant Julia, Julie Andrews, um, sea creature. You've got all these the hammerhead charms. You've got crap. people on seahorses. You've got lava people. You've got, I don't know, man, what the hell was happening at that point. Do you know what I mean? I don't get me wrong, I wasn't I was enjoying it. Well put it this way, just... when we were watching it, we were both chuckling during that battle scene, weren't we? It, yeah, the one thing like, you can't say what you the can't hell say is wasn't entertaining. Mate, I had really good fun with this film. Do you know, yeah. you know, there's times where this film felt like a ten, there's a couple of times where it felt like a one, and then it just scales in between. Do you know what I mean? It is is a crazy, crazy film. Um and and it's hard to keep up with. I think the sequences where they went on land 
I like the stuff when they're being chased by uh, by Black Manta. I thought that was really good through what was like a Venice or Capri or some Italian esque. Yeah, that was really place. that was that was um, interesting. And they, I mean, the tropes were there again. You know, when the village square and they're trying to do a bit of a romantic element, and she was making the what she making out the water fountain. She was making she was making little out. dolphins or butterflies yeah. or something. I and don't then know. They, they it all the, felt a little bit. They had the cheesy you know. bit where she goes and gets the flowers and she starts eating them because obviously oh, that was a little bit like Little Mermaid. Wasn't was, it? was he talking about Pinocchio at some point? Yeah, he, he mentioned he mentioned some life lesson and it came from <laughs> um, from Pinocchio and she was like, "What?" And and he said the movie, not the book. Oh, yeah. I don't know. It was just like. It, it did feel a little bit hammy and, and, you know, but I, I said, you know, a lot of this I'm forgiving because I'm fine with it. You know, I expected a little bit of that. Um, I think James Wan isn't the master of subtlety, let's put it that way. I don't think his films are known for that. He's done a Fast and Furious film. So what do you expect? Um, so all that kind of stuff was going on. I thought that this chase sequence across the rooftops was good. Um, and then I think when it really excelled this film is when they did go into the trench element of it. Yeah. Um, that looked amazing and that had his real kind of horror feel to it because it's his it, it background. Did. When you started seeing that when they jumped off the boat yeah. and they were following the flares down because the trench is obviously, they're basically mutants, aren't they? They live in such such high pressure and they live so dark because where they yeah. live as you could see was pitch black they've mutated to adapt to this this life yeah and and yeah it definitely that that was probably when james wan felt most comfortable when it was really suspenseful because you see them don't you swimming through the dark and there's just shadows coming at them and things and you can't quite see what's going on and it, it got a little bit frantic but that that whole bit starting when they were when they were fighting on that little shitty um uh, fishing boat it, yeah. it started getting a little bit literally and figuratively darker didn't it everything took a bit of a turn yeah everything took a, a turn and, and then it all got i think that whole sequence from then on was great and then when they obviously discovered nicole kidman um leading towards the suit as well you know and, yeah. and, the, and the trident which is great because it's an actual trident don't zack snyder wanted to make a trident with five spears heads it's like well that's not a fucking trident. Well, yeah, he's, he's got one, hasn't he? He's got, a, I think they call it a quintent or something oh, like that. Come but, on, man. He needs a trident. That's logical. But they, they, they handled that well. If Aquaman's always known for fighting with some kind yes. of a something tent weapon, but they, they, they did a good job of explaining that that is not just a trident, but that's the trident. It's bestowed oh, yeah. with the powers of, of King Atlan. It contains all the powers of Atlantis. And if they really want in the future to lean into it, they can start going on about the fact that it's it's basically a god artifact, like Wonder yeah. Woman's bracelets and stuff like that. It, anyone who reads the comics, they really lent into it in the um, oh the the Dark Knight stuff where they were talking about all the different types of of mystic metals that exist in DC. So you've got Nth Metal, which is what lets Hawkman and Hawk Girl fly, and loads of the main characters have got each of these different types of mystical metal so but again it goes, I, I think it goes they back did quite to the well god with thing and, yeah, basically and this think, gives you the power of a god yeah and i would say as well when we get to the uh, the sea creature um that's impressive because that's got to be the largest scale monster that's ever been on screen before yeah bigger and than it, godzilla 
And it, it was nicely um, humanised as well, wasn't it? Where she's talking, she's really intimidating. It just felt you... a little bit like God of War to, to me. Do you know, in the Ryan kind of way. Do you know what I mean? The, the big creature from that. And I thought, this is yeah. cool. I, I really liked it. Um, but then she, she I... gets blown away by the fact that he can even communicate with her. And yeah. she's been alone for like, I don't know, 5,000 years or whatever it is. And and it, it was it was a it was a nice change of pace, wasn't it? Because he's come off the back of this really frantic moment just to get there, and then yeah. all he's got to do is he's just got to be able to go and pick up the trident, and it seems yeah. so simple. It was great, and obviously reuniting him with his mum. I think we skipped out a little bit of the underwater stuff at the, at the beginning. Obviously, um, Atlantis itself looked great. Um, they got did they get imprisoned and they had to fight Orm didn't he and that all went to shit as yeah. you'd expect it to he was always going to lose before he won it was always going to come out that um, that he was being helped by the advisor by who did I can't remember yeah um, so all that kind of stuff was was expected Dolph Dolph Lundgren's character the weirdest kind of wig beard combination going on I've ever seen in a film um he was the dad of Mira. Um and he him him and you know, all essentially both wanted the same thing, but everyone else didn't, did they? So the yeah. fish man, fisherman people, um, and women, uh, weren't interested. So he, he had to do certain things on to get people on side. Um and that was where the Black Manta stuff came in. What did he try and play him in pay him in gold doubloons at one stage? Yeah. <laughs> it was just but he gave him some weaponry and we, we saw that whole sequence where he was trying to create a weapon and blowing up his helmet and all that kind of stuff was going on. So it's hard because when you think about this film, there is so many sequences, so many scenes. Um but I think the scenes that were really successful were probably the ones that were more centered around Aquaman and Mira. Do you know what I mean? I think when you straight stayed away from that a little bit anything without Momoa in it, maybe didn't have the same, you know, it isn't a lot of the film, don't get me wrong, but um, I think that was the really good stuff. And I think that's where Momoa really steps up. And then, you know, that whole last battle sequence was just crazy, but it was good, man. I think there's some really good stuff to take away from that. And it felt like the start of what could be quite promising, you know, future in it, you know, the underwater stuff takes a lot of CG. It takes a lot of work. It felt like a little bit of a kind of Star Wars underwater sequence, and I thought that was great. But it was just lots going on, um, and I think hopefully James Wan does come back and make a sequel, and we get maybe slightly less, you know, but but more yeah. intricate, you know. And I think maybe learn a few lessons from it. But like well, we said, hugely successful now, film. haven't they? They've set yeah. up with with what happens in in the end. With uh, with Black Manta getting help from that scientist fella who's obsessed yeah. with the, uh, the the myth of of Atlantis, and I I don't know where they could go um, for for a second film because Black Manta is always the guy. And in he's the not. Is he strong enough as a as a? I mean, he can't be strong enough now, can he? As a as a, as a villain compared to Physic, physically, no. But Black Manta is one of those guys where I've I've mentioned it in the past with people like. Uh, Raz al Ghul. Raz al Ghul yeah. is, is he could be the mastermind behind somebody else, and it could be that Black Manta in the second film he's like the little big bad, and he's controlling the main big bad. Yeah, who, they'd um, have to do a lot of work to get him to that point because I don't think they quite gave that character 
enough. Do you know what I mean? You didn't get the sense that he could. He could. Yeah, they, they, they've not damage, shown him as you know? being like a genius or a, 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 an, an amazing strategist or a battle commander or they anything like that. They just saw like him that. as being a kind of typical lackey type. Do you know what I mean? Yeah. He just kind of like your And he was. They, they showed him for what he was. He was a petulant child, wasn't he, trying to get yeah. revenge for his dad. And it, you'd think when we next see him, he comes back and he's going to be a little bit wiser, a little bit more seasoned, and he certainly won't underestimate Aquaman in the way that he did in this. He just assumed that, well, now I've got Atlantean armor, I'll be able to, I'll be able to beat him now. And yeah. he, he, he sort of underestimated. Well, Aquaman's actually trained his entire life for all of this, and it, it's going to be interesting to see how they go. And we, we said a similar thing about Wonder Woman for the the the, the second film for Wonder Woman eighty four. Yeah. It's going to be interesting to see how they follow it up. And this I think even... the good thing with 84 is it's got a very distinct time period it can move to. Yeah. So we can change it all up, um, which I think is a really clever element because you, you're going from World War to, you know, 40s um, to, to the 80s. And everyone, I mean, that's leaning into what's trendy, let's be honest. Yeah. Do you know what I mean? Because everything is all about retro and all the stuff we love is very much... Uh, harking back to that kind of time. So there's going to be loads of good elements in there. Um, we said about Captain Marvel that we like that it's 90s because I don't think anyone's done that yet. Let's be honest. I don't think anyone looks back at the 90s um, not, not in the same way. like the 80s. No, but it's nice to do it. with. I like the blockbuster touch and all that kind of stuff. So I think there's going to be some good stuff in there. Um, but but uh, yeah, you're right with this film. It, it's, it, I mean, they'll certainly go somewhere with it. I can't see it coming out for another three years or so because it's, it's going to be a big production like Black Panther will be. You know, when they make it, it's going to be a huge feature, I would imagine. Um, but DC, you know, I think this and Wonder Woman gives a lot of potential for the side characters. We have major issues with Flash because of the casting particularly and what they're just going to throw into a crazy story straight off the bat. And it's been a mess with the writing and the direction and everything on that production hasn't it it's just been all over the place so yeah that might be slightly problematic um, um, um we, we know but that there is going to be a batman film matt reeves is going to make a Batman film whether I, I, or not i've said so many times Affleck's now that, in it we don't know yet the, the, the biggest the biggest problem that dc have got with their films is that people have got a, a prejudice against DC films. The, they have. People deny it, but people go into DC films almost wanting them to be shit so that they can whinge about it. And Wonder Woman and Aquaman have, have both done a very, very big thing. They've got over that first hurdle. They've been critically successful. They've been very, very well received. It's now going to be even harder. Can they do it with a sequel? I mean, it's even harder for Aquaman because with the first one making a billion the expectations going into a sequel are going to be so sky high. We said similar with Ryan Coogler for, for Black Panther 2. Oh, yeah. Again, also made over a billion. That, whereas Wonder Woman doing about, it was about seven seven fifty. So it's got a little bit of room to breathe before it gets into that I would say that the, 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 major thing, the major thing that Black Panther had going for it is I think it only just scratched the surface of a character because it was a little bit more reserved in its character development and character arc obviously he came around to becoming king after having the struggles so there's some similarities there don't get me wrong um but i think slightly more rounded character and maybe had slightly better support around him like shuri you know that kind of thing um and that uh, you know and i can't remember okoye and, and the other ones as well nakia um whereas i think this 
Yeah, you've got Amber Heard and you've got you've got Mamawa, but I don't think you've got a lot more to work with. I don't think Kidman will be influential in a sequel. Do you know what I mean? I, she's played her role in in this film, um, so they're going to maybe have to cast some good people and and work on a, a, the right story for a sequel because I can't quite see where it goes. Do you know what I mean? In terms of, I felt like they threw everything at this film because they felt like they maybe only got one chance at it. So it's gonna. They didn't hold anything back, if that makes sense. Yeah, Whereas I think I think the other Marvel and films. I'd rather that's DC the way. Films, I'd rather know. that's the way they approached them. I'd rather they they just looked at these things, put it all out there, and and just. I think if it's done well, yeah, I, I agree. I think I think you know because films, are, you know, are a long time in the making. You know, you don't know what's going to change in terms of the climate. Maybe people are turned off to these films a little bit i doubt it but you never know i think dc uh, had a few chances and and they've maybe got a couple wrong and a couple right and it's 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 always a risky element because after justice league losing money almost or struggling to make money you know it's hard to say yeah we'll just go again because studios can't afford to necessarily do that it's a very competitive marketplace you know so it's a lot of money they threw at stuff like that and if it goes wrong again then they're looking at a loss and then they're looking at a full reboot and then they're looking at risks involved. So yeah, it was a risky movie. I think I'm really glad for them. It, it went successful. Um, I think you are a little bit defensive at times. Of oh, it I am. That, I'm, I'm, I'll know, be the first to admit I'm like, a, I'm like a parent over this stuff. I'm very defensive yeah. of them. I mean, the characters are there. We've always said that DC have got great comic book characters. They've got a lot they can introduce. So there's a lot of potential there. It's just about getting the right directors, the right production team, the right writers and actors and everything in place, which which they've shown that they, you know, have done quite, you know, Momoa and, and Gal are, are great casting. I, I'm not sure. We, we liked Batfleck, don't get me wrong, but I'm not sure. I think he does. I would like to see a younger version and that change, but maybe it's a risk. Um you know, it's difficult to know where they're going to go with that, um, and we will we will see. And maybe the Flash will do a little bit of a reset on things if they decide to go that way. Um, hopefully, they reset the Flash and just cast someone. I'm going to say screw reset. <laughs> hopefully, they recast. <laughs> yeah, they won't. Unfortunately. Um, well, we live in hope anyway. Yeah. Um, but there is a lot of potential there, and I, and I think I hope. You know, there's room for popcorn movies, Matt. I think this this film and 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 Venom proved that. I I think it certainly wrong shows that, pe- that people want them. People generally don't they in these sorts of things. People, well, why does Fast and Furious do their, so well every time? You know, well, yeah, pe- people speak with movie. their wallets, and and those those two films have made so much money. People are clearly saying, yeah, that there, there is still a place for. You know, not exactly the most intellectual films in the world, but <laughs> I was going to say good action movies, good, but enjoyable still. action films. Yeah, there is, man, and I think that's. I think this film had a bit to prove to me in that regard because I'd been a bit turned off to any kind of big action films and sequences, um, not Marvel, because you know I think they've mixed it up in recent yeah, they, films. They do transcend I mean? action films, yeah. don't they? Well, they, they do, but they've also been a bit smart by making things like Ragnarok, which is, is a Taika film. It feels like a Taika Waititi film. It doesn't feel like a typical film. It feels more like a straight comedy, do you know what yeah. I mean, with the action elements thrown into them. Um, 
Black Panther is a different type of film that is a little bit more typical actually it's just the fact that it's got so much diversity and, and interest in there which I thought was was great about it and it was really well written and good villain really solid villain which really helps um, and a new world to explore which which is what we loved about it as well um, and they've done that quite successfully Marvel by bringing new directors in and they've done it again with uh, I think Captain Marvel you know really strong female writer on that and, and and different people involved and kind of fresh and new and I'm I'm good for that I think uh, if you you continue to do that in the DC side of things then you'll you'll get success because you are making the right decisions you know you're making you know good decisions about who you bring on board because their visions and I think this film felt to me unlike the Schneider Whedon ones and what's gone before it felt like this is all the director's work it's not yeah it's not been tampered with it's, it's what, not been it's changed what we said about um Wonder Woman isn't it it didn't feel like there was any Warner Brother meddling to say no 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 you need to tone this yeah. bit down or dial this bit up it felt like one singular vision which again we talked about when we we've mentioned justice league it wasn't one film it was like two different films constantly butting heads being pulled in different directions and and that's what happens when you change a director halfway through i I mean mean, it wasn't even hard that's what happens when you you change director when you're coming into the home stretch and everything's pretty much done and then you have to do like six weeks of reshoots and you completely change the tone of the film I mean, it showed with Solo. I mean, that's Disney's only kind of failure in recent years is Solo. And maybe because there wasn't an appetite for it. Um, maybe I, I, because... I think that's it. I think at the end of the day, I don't think people want Star Wars films that don't feel like a Star Wars film because it's not yeah. got a Skywalker and it's not got the, the, the real heavy Star Wars tropes of droids and loads of Chewbacca and loads of Millennium Falcon. It I, I, yeah, we I loved know. it. We both loved it, but we're not your conventional star. We're Star Wars fans. We're not people who just like Star Wars films because there it's is a bit a like the Star Trek stuff. I, I'm I'm a fan, but I'm not a Trekkie. You know, I, I'm yeah. It's the same with Star Wars. I like them a lot, and I grew up with them. But I'm not. I haven't read everything. I haven't played every game. I haven't. You know, oh, it's God, not. No. It's not my thing as such. So yeah, I consider I'm a little myself bit to be less. a Star Wars fan. But I'm not an obsessive Star Wars fan like you. I've, I, I don't read the other media and then go, oh, I can't believe that this book yeah. from 1994 isn't canon. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not bothered. I love the films and I like and the And abuse at directors as, as and long as, on yeah. fate, on Ryan Johnson, you are Satan's butthole because how dare you? And then he and just I goes, really like right. Ryan Johnson. And Last Jedi is a good film. I need to rewatch it. I've only watched it. I like Ryan Johnson because he just doesn't care what people say about well, him. Well, yeah. But he's one of the most interesting sci-fi directors there is out there. I mean, Looper's a really cool film, and he's made some really good things in his career, and it's really exciting. Put it and this I, way, Mark Hamill's know, not asked about what he does with the character, so if, yeah. if, if, if why should you care? If Luke Skywalker's yeah. not up in arms, why should you be? But yeah, so that's my thing. With these films, I, I'm just happy to kind of go along for the ride, and if they're fun, great. They're not going to be Nolan films. I've I've long accepted that. That's fine. People have got to get over the whole... Those films are still there. You can watch them. It's not a problem. Do you know what I mean? And you don't get a director like Christopher Nolan every day coming into a project and going, yeah, I'm going to do a trilogy. 
I mean, he wouldn't even do it now. He wouldn't do it now. You know, he's no. in a different point of his career. It just was well, that, That's great exactly timing, what I was just going to say. It even, just worked out. Even yeah. Christopher Nolan wouldn't make The Dark Knight the way he made it then if he was making it now. And people no. have got to get over this idea that yeah. every DC film that comes out has always got to be better than Dark Knight. There won't yeah. be many films made in our lifetime which will be no. critically better the, than Dark These are more Knight. pure comic book films, yeah. in, a, in a sense. Um, and for me, that's fine because that's sticking to what they were and their material. You know, Dark Knight trilogy for me... It completely transcends that. It's almost like a, it's almost like a, a Bond film. It's it's like a, an action film mixed in with a thriller and drama, and you know it 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 transcends one genre because it's much more than that. It it really is. Um, it's, I mean, they're, they're wonderful, wonderful films. Um, and you ha- you have that done in Marvel with the Winter Soldier, which we talked about a lot of times, um, particularly. And there's other films there like Ragnarok, which is almost straight comedy. And and it's films that maybe define cross over genres, do things that are different, that stand out more. Because for me, they're not just pure comic book films, and I'm good with that. I'm happy with that because I like that. But other people will want pure comic book films because uh, it's more like a popcorn film. You know, it, it's going to be more of a straight action film um, with a little bit of comedy and a little bit of lightness of touch and. That's fine, man, because that's taken from the page. That's that's what you expect. Yeah. Or we want the dark stuff, so you watch Punisher or Daredevil or you know that kind of stuff, which is taken from the page because they're different source materials. So that's fine as well. So you just got to accept that this is never going to be, you know, pure perfection. It's just going to be a good ride. And if you're happy to leave your expectations and leave your criticism at the door, like you said, then great go and enjoy it and stop just stop worrying about everything about a film you know you, you, the, the odd thing will stand out that you might not like about it that's fine but if you enjoy more than you don't then i think he's done a good job in this and, and that's why audience clearly agree because a billion dollars is nothing to be a lot of films don't make near that and and a lot of better films by criticism wouldn't don't yeah. make anywhere near this kind of money well, this so, is what i was saying the other day that there's so few films that hit that that benchmark and yeah. even fewer superhero films hit that benchmark so when one of them does you've kind of got to put your, your feelings aside and say well i i thought it was you know a five out of ten or a six out of ten but the overwhelming response from the the cinema going public is yeah this is a, a very, very good film, and that that's probably a good note to leave it on. You know, whatever whatever you think of it, it's made a billion dollars. It's going to be remembered as an incredibly successful film. So why not just you know go with it and just enjoy it for what it is? A little bit silly, a lot of fighting and weird underwater sea creatures, and that's okay. It's okay to enjoy silly films. <laughs> Yeah, it's it's okay to just enjoy a film. I I know it's it's okay to just go and enjoy something at the cinema and it not have to be the most memorable experience of your life. It's yeah. fine. You don't have to talk about this film in ten years as a as a benchmark for X, Y, and Z. But some of the CG and some of the work it's done is 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 very, you know, cutting edge. It is is new wave stuff that we've not seen before. So there are a lot of things you can take out of this and go you know, that's going to inspire future people to do X, Y, and Z. And the film as a whole, yeah, it's probably not, but 
doesn't matter. You just live in the moment occasionally and stop worrying about what's to come. So, and I'd say the same applies to things like The Last Jedi. I enjoyed it at the time and I'll enjoy it if I watch it again. It doesn't have to be something like Empire. Strikes I've watched Back, it like four is, or five times. Yeah. I love it. I well, really, go. really and, love it. And it's it. like Rogue One I've not watched since the cinema because I, I had issues with it. And I think then I just built them up in my head a little bit, but I want to go back and watch it and give it a chance because I felt there wasn't a need for it because I was like, well, it's a prequel and we know we don't need to fill in the gaps. Do you know what I mean? But at the end of the day, you know, you've got to leave that stuff at the door occasionally and just go with your gut. And I think that's, that's fine as a creative point of view. You don't always have to be over critical about everything. Yeah. So, you know, we, we both like to, um, at times I loved it. At times I thought, what the hell am I watching? But that's fine. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? It's just what it is. Um, I'm not sure what we're going to cover next. We've covered quite a lot recently. Um, we will come and talk about the Punisher and we will keep you updated on True Detective, which I guess is once a week now, is it? Which is kind of worrying. Yeah. So wait about eight weeks to watch this whole series. It, it, which I it's definitely one of those shows that you really wish was on Netflix and it was just going to oh, be gotcha. like 10 episodes dumped at once yeah. and you could just I don't think I'll week. get through the Punisher that quickly. So I think, I think for a change, we'll probably do that in a few weeks when everyone's caught up with it because it's, there's a lot going on at the minute. Yeah. And there's a lot of series out. So, um, but there's some good stuff and we will, yeah, we will come back and maybe do something slightly different, something slightly off topic because we've been covering major releases and films lately. So maybe music or maybe something older. Maybe we'll review Starship Troopers. That'll be fun. <laughs> <laughs> like it. Um, but no, thanks for joining us. And yeah, do continue to share us around, please. We're getting a lot of responses on Twitter and Facebook for various stuff we share and memes and various and lots of interaction on that. But not a lot of people listening to this podcast. And we just uh, appreciate people that do do interact with us and do talk to us and do share us and give us praise. But it'd be nice to reach a slightly higher audience because we do put some time into this and effort, believe it or not. I was going to say, um, even though we sound stupid, we do actually try a little bit. No, we do try. And it is it is effort from our regard. And we, we do enjoy doing it. Otherwise, we wouldn't. Um, but yeah, do, do like us, do share us. Do recommend us if you like what we do and go back and listen to our other podcasts we've got loads of good content on there we talked about some some games and films and recommendations and everything in pop culture really so yeah appreciate that as always and we'll be back with you probably next week or the one after yeah thanks very much <laughs>